0: Welcome to the first read Ultimate Spider Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider Man, issues one through one sixty in Earth sixteen ten. I'm Zach and with me today from the NBC hit show Good Girls, John Opat. Yeah. Tell me,
1: is that is that Shaggy? Is that who I'm supposed to look like in this? Or wait, didn't you guys you and Shila told me that I looked like someone in that show like years ago, right? and then you watched
0: it. Yeah. It's not um Matthew Lillard. It's It's not Shaggy. It's the cop, the like undercover cop that becomes the one girl's <laughs> boyfriend. Nice. It's and not he just was that a really like good
1: him. dude, if yes. I remember correctly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It wasn't that was was not an insult. He's like a likable character, but it's not just that he looks like you. He has like John mannerisms. Maybe I will have to go check this show out again. I haven't watched it since whenever that was, so maybe Speaking it's not of, good. Um,
1: you know, I don't know if you wanted to save this to the end, but we actually got a new Doctor Who fan. Someone's checking out Doctor Who because of our podcast.
0: Let's go. It worked. Slowly but surely winning people over to one of the oldest TV <laughs> franchises. Yep.
1: Yep. Also, speaking of checking out shows, you know what I've been watching this week, Zach? What's that? Mostly just like yesterday and the day before I threw it on, but the Daredevil show. And Oh, uh, yeah. Well, re watching it, and it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I find myself walking around my house talking like Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin to myself whenever I'm like watching that show. I'll like I'll like be making eggs, and one of them will like crack. You know the yolk will like break, and I'll be like, "No, you can't be doing stuff like that."
0: <laughs> That's great. Um, yep. I told you. Did I say last week that me and Shyla binge watched Ted? Yes. Yeah. Yes, and did, well, so what did you think? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't normally um seth MacFarlane's humor is kind of hit or miss for me but ted was like one of the better things from him that i've seen nice and i didn't even like the movies that much to my to my marky mark no i don't (laughs) like marky mark dude have you seen like his wikipedia oh my gosh that dude has a history zach you know
1: nobody's perfect okay (laughs) that's true who among us didn't didn't he like okay let me think i because i have seen the marky mark wiki page he beat up a homeless guy like almost to death right when he was younger or i might be thinking of john lennon who definitely did that jesus i didn't know that zach who among us is perfect
0: who among us doesn't have an entire section on our wikipedia just labeled hate crimes (laughs) is that Marky mark it is oh man okay what are some of them i don't remember most of them almost all of them are from like the 80s and 90s but i still don't think yeah i don't think that's something you you let
1: slide easily you know my family had a tradition for like six or seven years in a row where every christmas eve um, sorry, sorry for for sniffing right in the mic right there. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> um, every Christmas Eve we would watch a Marky Mark movie, and it started with like four brothers because that was like my favorite movie. And I was like, it's a Christmas movie. It's around Christmas time, and it's not at all. And then it was just every year we did like Invincible and the other guys, and I don't know.
0: Yeah, great tradition. I wish I could hate him more as an actor, but he actually does end up in a lot of movies that I really like, which I, I don't, I, I hate that. The like happening? He, the Departed is probably my favorite movie the ever. The Departed,
1: that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, like you said, the other guys, that's always funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, Zach, what are you coming
1: in hot with?
0: Um, Anything? Oh, dude, I want to save it till the end because uh, it's it's a spicy wow, so you're, one
1: you're it's so hot we've got it so hot we've got to tease it here at the start
0: i can only entrust our most loyal listeners with it that's a good yeah that's a good call actually i was actually on the fence about even saying it i have it in my notes oh my wow trademark. this is really getting teased yeah but uh you know what you just drew it out it's coming no no let's save it no, till I the end. It's coming at the end. Oh, okay, good. Okay. But I was good. considering not mentioning it at all.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, then um are you coming in soft with anything else? Should we just <laughs> go right into the Should we just go right into the issues here? Do you not have anything, man? I I don't I don't really have anything this week. Okay. You know. Well then, I, all I've really been doing all week is just waiting for Super Bowl Sunday. So I really haven't done anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do have something. Yep. Okay. Um. So, you know, I play Dynasty fantasy football. So it, yep. the season never ends. And yep. uh, there was a... I made a ground-shaking trade yesterday. Oh, my gosh. For the two years that we've had this league... I've been told Justin Jefferson was unmovable, right? That was the line from the guy who drafted him. I mean, yeah. Makes sense, right? But then this year, he did capitulate to a trade for CeeDee Lamb and A.J. Brown. because Oh my
1: gosh, that's a really good deal, I feel like, for, for that guy.
0: Yes, especially because Jefferson was hurt, and he was going into the playoffs, and he needed someone to fill his spot. And it kind of worked out for him. He did beat me in the championship by, like, nine points, which he wouldn't have had if he didn't have those two guys there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then – so Start now, it. I, Yeah. Sucks for me, but I, I think I got the last laugh here. Uh, so my buddy Luke had Justin Jefferson. And again, the line was, he's unmovable for anything less than Justin Herbert, Anthony Richardson, or – uh Jamar Chase. And even with all of the any of those guys, it would be them plus something.
1: Okay. I and was I, gonna say, yeah, one for one, that's terrible still. Right.
0: And, you know, it's a super flex league. Quarterbacks are valuable. I have an emotional okay. attachment yeah. to Anthony Richardson. Um Jamar Chase, the point was I wanted to pair him with Justin Jefferson. I didn't want to replace him with Justin Jefferson. I wanted two really reliable yeah. receivers and okay. he, he was saying that's never going to happen that's not possible i just kept kind of uh you know popping in and out every couple of weeks and being like oh what about this really good deal that'd be like an overpay and he was like it's it is a good deal but i'm still not going to take it and then yesterday we we got it done i sent him jalen Waddle, Brees hall and the Gosh. fourth overall pick in this rookie draft. And he sent me Justin Jefferson and two future thirds that are going to be really late. So they're like nothing.
1: The fourth <clears throat> the fourth overall pick? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right away, I'm thinking that that is like a slam dunk deal for whoever is getting Justin Jefferson. Because Jalen Waddell is too inconsistent to be a super valuable fantasy asset and Brees Hall is kind of the same way although with Aaron Rodgers next year you know he he could be like you know crazy but
0: he was the number two running back last yeah. year Brees Hall was yeah now that came because he had like a I don't forty care. point game that's, and a that's, 30 that's, point that's, game at the end yeah.
1: yeah you know I had Brees Hall all year and played him all year and my team was garbage same with same with the people that say Lamar Jackson was like the best fantasy quarterback. Okay, well I had him all year and he had like four good games. You know, like that's just where all of his points came. I don't, I don't, I don't buy in. I feel like you traded high on Brees Hall. If he was the number two running back in fantasy football, it sure didn't
0: feel like that to the owners who had him. Well, there's just so few running backs that you can count on, especially in Dynasty, where you're expecting to have them for more than just one year. So I had, like, I had Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, and Jonathan Taylor, and I really tried to trade Jonathan Taylor, but he was like, no, I need either Hall or Gibbs. I think um, I'd rather have Taylor than Brees Hall. He's just, like, three years older than them and has so many more carries, and he doesn't catch passes, and it's a PPR yep. league but anyways you know? that might be getting fixed now too because there's now a second blockbuster trade in the works with me and him uh he was like talking about how he kind of regrets it and now he doesn't know about his team and oh you know, my he has all these players and he's like i could see them sucking and i was like yeah you know what you're right you should trade me back Bijan or breeze hall and he was like not gonna have him Bijan earlier in the year I gave her Jamar Chase for maybe. Jamar Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I was like, I'll give you three firsts for one of those guys. And uh, he said, Give me all your firsts and I'll do it right now. How many and I firsts only have do you have? Four. I have four future first round picks. And they all should be pretty high because they're from really bad managers. But I'm like, Okay. I already said I was going to do three. If you tell me four gets it done, why wouldn't I do that? And I specifically we start ten players, and I am like really confident about nine of my starters, and then with the last one, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I guess Deontay Johnson. Okay, so, so give So who did you picked. get, Brees Hall or Bijan. I have it in his inbox. He has been sleeping on it. Because he, he was like, he, was, he wasn't he was expecting me to actually do it. I called his bluff and he was like, well, sh- I feel like I have to accept that, but I don't want to. So I might get Bijan and Justin Jefferson in like the same week. Wow. You totally draft-aid this guy. Kind of. Leveraged my whole future to go all in on two players.
1: Wow. Well, that would be pretty good. I mean, if you gave up brees hall and if you gave up brees hall for justin jefferson and Bijan robinson that's a good trade you know well, almost regardless of of draft picks in the future
0: right it's those guys and six draft picks yeah whatever i don't i don't i don't i don't buy
1: into future draft picks
0: Right, because they say most dynasty leagues fold within, like, four or five seasons anyways. So, like, <laughs> what does the 101 in 2026 mean to me if I can win, like, two or three championships before we, yeah. we yeah. break up? Yeah, so, I agree. I, I think like you that. got him. I think you got him. I did, yeah. All right, that was it. Not coming in hard or it, soft or anything that... <laughs> else.
1: Okay, okay, cool. Let's get into Spider-Man stuff. All right, but first, a word
0: from the Better Business Bureau. Every business says they're better, but the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business and find a better business anytime at bbb.org. All right, and we're back.
1: We're back with some Kitty, Pride, and Spider-Man adventures. You know we love it. Yep. Are you getting uh, your issue pulled up? I am I am getting the issue pulled up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to sure. give us a backstory on something, Zach? What's that? I don't know, just just in general. You're you, oh. you're
0: always good with a recap. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, man. This is like the start of a new arc. Okay, so I'll give a recap here.
1: Peter Parker, high school student, was bit by a radioactive spider. <laughs> we don't act. We don't have time for all that. Okay. Okay, but him and Kitty Pryde are dating. My iPad's not loading. All right. I'll get into it. <laughs> Here, let me let me help you out. Yeah, you... tell me when to
0: swipe. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> um. Well, I do still have all my notes, and I, t- I actually took pretty darn detailed notes for this one. Um, you know, I it w- it was a solid issue. So this is issue ninety one, written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley. Okay, wait a second. <laughs> my iPad's starting to work now, so let's see if I can. Let's see uh, just in the nick of time well come on zach you've been listening to any good songs lately see any good movies
0: um yeah i mean i'm i'm always listening to music um you are you are i've been i've been what's the song of the week the song of the week is the jam of the week yep it is uh sink florida sink by against me okay you guys all heard it webheads sink florida sink by against me Yep. I'm seeing their uh, front woman in March. So I've been I've been going into a against me deep dive and I'm realizing I've always liked the hits, but I'm like, holy, all of their stuff is good. Nice.
1: I've never I've never heard of them, but I'll look I'll listen to the jam of the week. Okay. Issue 91, written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by John Dell, colored by Justin Ponzer, and lettered by VCs Corey Petit. Have we uh, seen these guys before? Have I just maybe stopped paying attention when you read the names? But have we seen John Dell or VCs
0: Corey Petit? I think John Dell is a new name. Uh, Corey Petit might be a new name. Okay. I feel like... Why does it say VCs, Corey Petit? Who is VC? Vince Coletta. There's a... It, remember how I've said sometimes they do, like, I don't know, like, groups or little companies. Yep. Like, little LLCs that will do coloring okay. duties. They're just saying he works with that collective. Yep. Okay. And this
1: is called Deadpool. So we open on a full page of Spider-Man, who's in the middle of a, of the street in a fight but he's currently tied up by some rings. And the villain says, You think I ain't ready for a yo like you? I'm the ringer! And I'm from Maryland! That's how I read it. That's how I read his his voice. I'm the ringer, see? And I'm gonna put rings around ya! I'm straight up from Waldorf, Maryland. <laughs> yep, that's what he says. And... <laughs> Huh. he's a pretty goofy-looking villain. He's got rings all around him. And the ringer is like, you're gonna remember the guy who beat your mutant butt into the ground. And Spider-Man's trying to break free from the rings. And he's like, wait a second. Did you just brag about being from Maryland? And then we see a new superhero appear behind him. And the ringer, and she says, You should really knock it off with the racist crap. And it's Kitty Pride, And she looks over at Peter and she says, You doing okay there, sweetie? And he says, "Uh, I think I stopped being able to breathe a couple of minutes ago because the rings are, like, squeezing him. And she... These rings don't
0: make any sense (laughs) physics-wise. So it's, like, it's unclear where they're coming from, how he's shooting them out.
1: Yeah, it is kind of interesting, you know, that, like this guy does have some power here and how did he get it
0: like it seems to be this mechanism that he's wearing but it's like the it's almost like the rings phase when they first hit you and then solidify around you because there's no other explanation for why he's shooting them at peter and instead of bouncing off peter's getting like wrapped up in them yeah well you know Crab cakes
1: and rings. That's what Maryland does, Zach. (laughs) That's right. How could I forget? And have Uh, a pretty cool flag.
0: Have you seen the state flag of Maryland?
1: It's it's really messed up. There's a lot going on there. It's Yeah, it's like some (laughs) kind of long-lost art form. Yep. Um, Okay, so Kitty tries to phase through the ringer to, like, short-circuit his suit. But... It doesn't work for some reason. So oh, real she's... quick, while yeah. you're on that
0: panel, you wanna you want a uh, what'd you call it? An Easter egg? Yes. So you see what the billboard says behind them? The biggest word in that panel? Timely. Do you know what that's
1: about? Oh my gosh. Well, okay, let me uh, let me try because I was I obviously know a little bit about this from Loki, but. That is from, didn't Marvel Comics used to be called Timely Comics? Yes. And that's why there was like, that's why they did like the Timely Wisconsin, Victor Timely, all that stuff was like as an Easter egg to that. Yes. Good job, John. Thanks, Zach. Okay, so why did they change it to Marvel? Why was it Timely? You probably know about this.
0: I think Marvel's just a better name. I don't know. I'd have to look into that. Huh. Okay. Yeah, we probably won't.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay, so Kitty tries to phase through the ringer, but his suit doesn't short-circuit like she's expecting it to. So she kind of just, like, leaves him there to go and check on Peter. And I'm sorry, I got lost. Oh, and then she goes and checks on Peter, and he asks why she isn't catching the bad guy, And then she phases Peter out of the ring. She's like, don't freak out. This is going to feel weird. And she she phases Peter out of the rings, but she also phases his shirt off. And she says, bonus for me. (laughs) These two. Crazy kids. So the ringer is running away and Peter puts a big web in front of him. And the ringer turns to fight because he's not able to get past the web. And he says, All right, you mutant freaks, it's a, sh- a showdown, it is. <laughs> Before Peter webs his hands easily, making him unable to shoot rings at them. And Kitty, at that point, realizes his suit's power comes from the machine on his back. So she phases through it and it explodes. And we see Peter freak out for a moment, thinking that Kitty is hurt from the explosion. But then she says, you do understand about the mutant phasing power of mine and me not getting hurt and stuff, right? But her and Peter st- still both agree that he gets boyfriend points for being worried about her. They're so cute. Yep. So what
0: you, would what'd you think of our setup here, Zach? Our setup scene. Super fun. Super cute. Uh, this is like what the Silver Sable arc was missing. You know, I... It's kind of a foregone conclusion that these two are not endgame, so I just want as many Ugh. moments with don't, them. Don't say it. Don't say it. I don't think that's a spoiler. I. I well, it's, it, it's so upsetting. Yeah. Um. So, but it's good to see moments like this. This is you know what w- we're here for. I still just hate yep. her costume. Um. Okay. I actually. <clears throat>
1: You know, when I was doing the notes, I almost put, like, ugly costume or or some, some sort of adjective. And then I didn't because I, I actually don't hate it. You know, I don't love it, but it's no... It's better than most of the female costumes we get, I think. And I don't hate a good green and yellow color scheme, you know? I think I said last week on the cover she's like a a yellow jacket or or a hornet or something. Those are very
0: intimidating, yeah, yeah, so I don't know. I don't hate it, okay, you don't have to like it i've I've mentioned this. It's like a almost an inside <laughs> joke in the original comics that Kitty has a million costumes and none of them look good. Yeah. This is like a continuation of that <laughs>
1: so. Kitty and Peter go up to the ringer, and they find his wallet on him. And they're like, what kind of villain runs around with his wallet on him? And they find out his name is Anthony Davis, and he's from Medina County, Ohio. And at the same time, Peter and I were both very confused about why this guy's bragging about being from Maryland. If he's not from Maryland, (laughs) what a strange... What a strange piece of writing to write into this comic. <laughs> it's like so absurd. It's hilarious. It is. It's very funny. Um, and Kitty makes fun of Peter for the lame supervillains that he has. But she says, at least this guy's better than the shocker. And, um, you know, Peter does have some lame supervillains, but he's also got some cool ones does does he mention that or am i just thinking of that that you know he's also got like the green goblin and doc ock and and yeah stuff he says
0: i have better villains than the ultimates that's true and she says like well those guys just fight with each other (laughs) yeah i like that the ultimates are uh kind of a joke yeah they're the most well-funded on paper they're the strongest and it's like what do they do all day just waste taxpayer dollars yeah although it
1: does seem like iron man and captain america are like good heroes like every time we see iron man i feel he's being competent right and so is captain america it's really all of the other ones that kind of give them a bad name well is that fair not even because you know the- we lost
0: like- doesn't die hard we know we like- that yeah we that like was a good Janet. one she's cool and then uh <laughs> thor is based i don't know that he's a thor great is pretty hero. good
1: too yeah it, it really is just shield bruce banner and hank pym that are coloring our perception of the ultimates i think
0: yeah it's it's very strange it's like um it's like if you assembled a dream team, you know, in basketball or football or something, but they just had no I chemistry. I can't together. wait to hear. Oh, I was gonna say, I can't wait to
1: hear which which basketball players you were gonna say were which ultimate
0: characters there. <laughs> no, just like think of like any team where it's like, oh my god, they have so many all stars, they're definitely gonna win, and then it's like they get knocked out pretty early in the tournament yeah. or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: They're like a super team. That hasn't come together. Right. Okay, so Peter swings Kitty up to a nearby roof. And he asks her about her new costume that she's rocking. And she says that... Okay, this was kind of interesting, Zach. She said that if if people see Kitty Pride from the X-Men dating Peter Parker, high schooler, and they see Kitty Pride from the X-Men superheroing with spider-man then they would put two and two together which is probably true so kitty pride had now has a secret identity for her like i mean i guess she doesn't have a, a real secret identity but she kind of does you know so she's like going two layers deep now with superhero identities
0: instead of like her government name being the secret this superhero that she's created is the secret it's like an inversion of his secret identity yeah it is yep because everybody knows her as kitty pride superhero already yeah she mentions that she's like you can google the x-men and see me it's not a secret um
1: why don't those people ever have to worry about their families getting hurt Why Is it like only Peter Parker that has to worry about his family's getting hurt if people find out who she is, who he is, you know? I
0: think they do, because as we see later, there's, you know, mutants aren't treated super well in this world. I think it's more of a statement for them that they're like, oh, yeah, we're not afraid of showing what we are. There's there's strength in numbers. We we're going to boldly, openly be mutants. You know, it's um, okay, And they're just not worried about their parents I, yeah. Actually, I don't know. It's whatever. It's like a political yes. thing, whereas <laughs> for him, it's like a logistical thing.
1: Okay. So... So, she made, so Kitty made this costume so she can superhero with Spider-Man in secret. So Peter and Kitty swing through the city, and they're talking about how they just want to date in real life, not superhero life. And they just want to go to the movies and hold hands, and it's so cute. But you know, Peter is worried about Aunt May because he really doesn't want her to know that he's Spider-Man. And, you know, if he's dating like Kitty Pride X-Men and they're like going out and about, you know, she, she might find out. And he says he doesn't want her to know he's Spider-Man because of all the stuff she's going through. And then Kitty brings up a good point. She's like, but isn't she going through all this stuff because you're like, spider-man and you're keeping her in the dark about it all which he agrees but he still says he's not ready to tell her so annoying we've just been through this conversation so many
0: times are you you just ready for them to rip the band-aid off and have him tell her i am and i have been for like 40 issues
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so kitty's x-men they go to some abandoned building and kitty's x-men robot plan shows up to pick her up and her and Peter share a smooch before she phases through Peter to break off their kiss. She's like, I didn't know how to break off her kiss. So I just phased phased out of it. And Kitty floats up to the plane and Peter watches on with a dopey and love face. And this was kind of interesting. Instead of, you know, usually we stick with Peter and we get his internal monologue. But we actually stick with Kitty Pride here. And we stay with her as she rides home in the X plane and she's getting in her own head about this date that they just went on already. It's like 10 seconds in and she's like, I am such an idiot. I'm hiding my secret identity costume from the X-Men who have two of the most powerful telepaths in the world. And then her mood goes downhill even further, and she's like, oh, Angie just scared off Peter Parker. You did, didn't you? You scared him off, you idiot. Zach, what do you think about this scene? It's cute.
0: It's funny. We've seen already. No, it's
1: not. It's like mental health issues. It's <laughs> a teenage girl, I feel like. what I, I'm, I'm so upset they had such a perfect date, and she's like immediately in her head, like, hating herself about it. Is this like not she's not consistent? joking around. She's like being serious. I wanted to follow her and be like, oh my gosh, I'm in love and I don't care who knows it. That
0: was awesome. Good elf quote. Um, no, but th- is this not consistent with the girl who was too forward on their first date and then faced through the floor and thought about running away? Like this uh, is just part yes. of her character.
1: I, well, it, it upsets me to see you know, yeah, it's not
0: supposed to be like that. You said not, it was fun. <laughs> it's fun that we're seeing her as like a real person, not just I don't as like seeing Parker's her sad. girlfriend.
1: Uh <sighs> I just think she
0: should be sad, you know. Yeah. They're they they're not allowed.
1: Yes. Yeah. You should much. every
0: lady you pass you should tell her that <laughs> she should smile more. I, they love it, that.
1: Yeah. I just think she, she just had a really great day and she's just already getting in her own head about it. It's too bad. You know, she's not,
0: she's not wrong that she's like, yeah, I want to meet your aunt and I want her to know that, you know, I'm a mutant and, uh, I want to date you openly. And he was like resistant to some of that. So she has good reason to maybe think he's not as on board with this plan as she is. That is true. That's a good point. Yep. And,
1: and we always focus on the negatives, you know, so it makes sense that she'd be like that. Yeah. Okay, so Kitty gets back to the X-Mansion, and it is eerily empty. And she she she's walking through it, and she goes into the kitchen, and she finally sees Logan standing there. And he's he standing there pretty intimidatingly. And pretty in a fighting position, I'd say, Zach. And she is like, "Oh, hey, Logan, how's it going? How you doing today?" She, I would know something's up right away with with how everything, with the house being empty, and Logan being like ready to attack. Um, and she is not at all. So, and Logan, of course, immediately lunges towards her and starts fighting her. And then Storm shows up. Yeah, what's up? Did you notice anything else that was strange? Um, yes, I did. Okay. When, it, when he first lunges towards her, it looks like he could be lunging with his claws. But then in the next scene, he's actually holding a knife. Is that what you're referring to as being weird? Why would Wolverine be holding a knife instead of just using his claws? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. I was like, "What why is he doing that?" I I actually thought to myself, "Is this Wolverine?" I was like, "Wait, maybe maybe it's like because he doesn't exactly look like Hugh Jackman, you know. He doesn't have the side chops either." So so I was thinking maybe this just isn't Wolverine, but no, it is Wolverine and he's holding a knife, not using his claws. So, and then Storm shows up behind Kitty Pride and zaps her with something, which Kitty is like, "Okay, that hurt. That's weird." And then Storm tries to shoot Kitty again with it, but Kitty phases through the ground to safety. And I think it's Kitty a taser. Is...
0: Yeah, some sort of a, a big taser. yeah. Which is weird because Storm has control of electrical powers. Like, ah. she can shoot lightning. So why would she be using a taser? Okay. Yeah, true. So Kitty is sprinting around the floor
1: beneath. And she's like, oh my god, what's happening Oh, I don't know what to do. I've got to call the Ultimates. I've got to call Nick Fury. He'll know what to do. And wow, how far from how far from the truth she is here. She's in more <laughs> trouble than she thinks. Uh, and Kitty accidentally phases through the communications. Okay, Zach, you you might have to like fill us in on some of the stuff that's happening here. So I said Kitty accidentally phases through the communications. So, luckily, she's unable to call the Ultimates. She's like, oh, no, I broke the communications. Thank God, girl. You, You got lucky. But I think at the same time, maybe she accidentally launched the X ship back to the... Back to the place where it picked her up. Or maybe somebody else launched it. I couldn't really tell from the hand. I don't think that, she did it by press accident. Launch. You think she, okay. She did it on purpose. Yeah, okay. Well, if she if it's her hand, then she did it on purpose. But the button, it's I think it's weird how they draw that like hand pushing the button. It's almost like they don't want you to know whose hand it is. But I don't know.
0: I'm gonna complain but, but again. But you're right. I think it is I think it is her launching the ship. I'm gonna complain again that they're still calling this X jet the Blackbird when it's not an SR seventy one Blackbird, it's a B twelve bomber. Yep. That's true.
1: I've been calling it the X plane. So <laughs> Yes. You you were more correct than they are. Or the X ship. I think it changes every time I type it. <laughs> Um. So she launches the X B-2 bomber back to pick up Spider-Man as I think her idea. And then we see a group of shadowed people, presumably the X-Men I wrote, show up and zap her while the X-Ship takes, takes off as Kitty lies unconscious on the floor. Spooky. So back at Peter's, Aunt May is getting ready to go out with some friends and I said she is like the most popular person on the planet I mean Aunt May is always doing stuff talk about someone that that like lives a full life
0: and you know keeps herself young Zach yeah it uh so I, I told you I started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer okay it reminds me a lot of how Buffy's mom is in that show, because you'll go like 10 episodes without seeing her. And then there'll just be one scene where she's like standing in her kitchen and she's like, remember I'll be gone for the art gallery next week or something. Like she'll say something stupid <laughs> that just reminds you Buffy doesn't live alone. She has a mom, but don't worry about her. They're always and, gone. <laughs> and the, the reason for that is so that they can have adventures and, and, there's like a logical conclusion about why this 17 year old girl is like spending every night in the the graveyards you know killing vampires and her parents don't worry about her that and is, so that that is exactly like this it fulfills the same function for peter if you know aunt may is constantly out of the house so he can do spider-man stuff yeah so peter is like aunt may are you
1: going on a date? Because she looks good, Zach. And they just Aunt May just kind of smiles. And Peter's like, have fun. And that's very cute also. You know, Aunt May's getting back out there. you love to see it. So Peter then notices right after Aunt May leaves the X ship up in the sky. And so he goes back to that abandoned building to check it out, thinking that Kitty is back. But when he steps into the plane, it says passenger retrieved and it begins taking off back towards the X mansion. And Peter says to himself, looks like I'm dropping in on my girlfriend. <laughs> and as Peter hops off the plane, Kitty Pride is waiting at the door for him. And Peter begins to tell her that the plane must be messed up before his spidey sense goes nuts. And he says, whoa, my spidey sense is going off. Wolverine isn't here, is he? <laughs> before kitty zaps peter with the same type of taser and as peter is on the floor losing us losing consciousness his vision going blurry he sees kitty looking at him saying far out it's spider-man there's something we didn't expect to get today and then we see a full page drawing of deadpool cable and some other people that zach will have to tell us about it's funny that you think one of those guys is cable is that not the guy with the eye? Is it not Cable the no. guy with the? Oh well, there none you of go. them are. It's cable. just Deadpool. It's just Deadpool and some guys. Can you describe those guys? Um. Okay. So, if anybody has ever seen Invincible, they kind of look like the like half people, not the half Marvel robots. No, the TV show.
0: Because <laughs> we referenced the Mark We movie too.
1: Yep, that's true. Two Invincible references today um no the tv show don't they kind of look like the like half people half robot things at least one of them does but they're they're just kind of like robot cyborg people who are kind of up looking yeah they're pretty gross but not the one guy the one guy is just like a normal looking guy in a suit he's got like nothing going on with him
0: yeah, he's got like one little like earpiece thing that's kind yeah. of metal. He had it easy. All these yeah. other guys turned <laughs> into monsters. Yeah. Um so who are these people? These are the Reavers. They're from um 80s X-Men. They're literally just cyborgs. They're they're people who hated mutants so much they got turned into cyborgs so they can kill mutants. You know, but they Deadpool- hate something
1: Okay, so the they these guys hate mutants. Yes.
0: But Deadpool is a mutant. Deadpool is not a mutant. Deadpool is a mutate. He had it done to him after the fact intentionally.
1: But isn't it but isn't that because like everyone has dormant X genes, so therefore anyone could be a mutant if they're like I still consider Deadpool a mutant and if he doesn't consider himself a mutant then I think maybe he needs some therapy because he hates himself
0: at this point. He's similar to Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man would be a mutate, not a mutant. No, Spider-Man got bit by a thing.
1: Spider-Man was scienced into superhero. Deadpool, they just activated his genes,
0: right? That's not how I understand it. I don't think Deadpool is a mutant. Okay, well, I, I think I he like gets that's, lumped in that's with how them. it is
1: in the comic or in, not in the comics. I'm sorry. In the Deadpool movies. I think that's how it is. And you know why they probably did that? Because, because they owned mutants and they didn't own
0: the other stuff. Exactly. The same reason that Marvel started saying, oh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch aren't really Magneto's kids, because if they were, they'd be mutants and we couldn't yeah. use them in Avengers.
1: They're not mutants. They're miracles, Zach. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. So, what do we
0: think of this one? I really liked this one.
1: Oh, I had a lot of fun with it.
0: Yeah, a lot of good stuff. Um, a lot of fun. Obviously, the opening scene is like, you know, my favorite part. Just yeah, Peter and Kitty doing stuff. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I think that's a good point
1: you saying that because my favorite part of it, that is a really good. That's like excellent. But then I said, you know, I think we get a really good mystery back at the X-Mansion of like, what's happening? Kitty's like creeping around and like these X-Men are attacking. And yep. so I thought it was just pretty good all the way through. And it was a long one and it didn't drag, Um, you know, which I think whenever whenever I have to take notes on an issue and it's a it's a long one and I feel it doesn't drag that's a really good issue you know because if i'm writing like two whole pages on something and it's not feeling old that's a good sign you know yeah um so i gave it nine out of ten dates with aunt may
0: you know what yeah i'll uh i'll also give it a nine out of ten i think i was gonna give it like an eight or something but this was just a fun issue there's you know. I Kitty and Spider-Man
1: just makes such a good couple. And yes. we're only going to get it so many times before we just know it's not going to be there anymore. Let's not
0: focus on that. We are in the good days right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, it was a really cool... It was honestly kind of an Easter egg having Wolverine lunge at her with a knife. Because that happens in the 80s, in the Chris Claremont run. And it's such a good mystery because it's like why would wolverine be wear- be using a knife and that to my knowledge has never been like drawn upon again. And it, it was another instance like this where it wasn't mm-hmm. really him and that's something that like hasn't been played to death hasn't been overdone a million times and hit just as hard when i saw it here but also it, it's one of the things where it's like leonardo dicaprio pointing at the screen and you're like "Ooh, i've seen this one before <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I, it, it definitely, I guess I was thinking someone was controlling Wolverine, but I guess it would have, it, it should have. So I was like, why is Wolverine using a knife? Obviously something's up. I mean, you know, something's up right away because he's standing there because the the mansion is empty and he's standing there and, you know, he attacks her. But I don't know. I figured it was some sort of mind control thing. And this seems like what 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 is happening here? Like, can they change their robot look, do we think? Or seems like it.
0: Okay. Hmm. Also, he could just use a knife and his claws like that would be pretty cool and effective if he has because he can just hold essentially a fourth claw that's going a different direction. Yeah, that's true. The real red flag is that there's no organic claws. You got anything else about it? Nope. I don't think that I do. I, All right.
1: um Nope. Let's see what Deadpool's up to.
0: Yep. So now we're in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man issue 92, um, written by Bendis, penciled by Bagley, inked by John Dell and Mark McKenna, who's a new name, colored by Laura Martin and Richard Eisenhoff, and lettered by Corey Petit. And we see a POV perspective of... Peter's eyes opening, and he sees that the X Men are strung up and unconscious around him. And it looks like they're in a plane or helicopter or something. And he spots Kitty and calls out to her, and a voice says, Hey, one of them's awake. And one of the Reavers shocks Peter and says, Someone take off his stupid mask. And before they can, the pilot tells Deadpool they're above the drop zone, and Deadpool says, so start dropping them. And the one Reaver says again that he wants to take off Spider-Man's mask, but Deadpool says, no, leave it on. Masks mean something. Respect that. And Deadpool then throws Peter out of the helicopter, and he starts falling while handcuffed towards an island below. Feels very much like the beginning of a fortnight. Yeah. Um, why, why Why? is Deadpool a bad guy? Is Deadpool usually a bad guy? <laughs> he's usually like an anti-hero, but Ultimate Deadpool just sucks. There's no way around it. He just oh, fucking sucks. Oh, man. So he's not going to get better in
1: this run? He's just going to suck this whole thing? Yeah. The whole time? You oh, got to keep in mind, man. at this
0: point, the movie wasn't out. He wasn't like this pop culture phenomenon. They probably felt like he was like Silver Sable, where you give him and arc and you've done him service you know okay and they changed him to make him just a straight up bad guy but it, which is weird cuz apparently he has some kind of moral code with like respecting mask. a mask yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know it, i don't know what to make of him uh so I he do. Throws... you 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 nailed it earlier okay you said okay. he just sucks <laughs> well i'm like why do you give him that somewhat redeeming quality if he's supposed to just be a bad guy um so peter's falling and he creates a web net with his hands behind his back and falls into it and bounces and rolls onto the ground below and he starts wondering where he is who those people were and what's going on and then notices he lost one of his boots in the fall it's like stuck up in his web net and he starts trying to get his handcuffs off when he hears a noise And his spider sense goes off. And just then a reaver. Charges through the woods. Knocking over trees. And starts attacking Peter with some kind of energy beam. And Peter dodges it. Webs him up. And starts punching what he calls. The fleshy parts. And uh, he webs the reaver up real good. And then starts running away. And suddenly someone grabs Peter by his handcuffs. And lifts him up. And Peter starts yelling at him and says, get off me. And the man says, you don't recognize me, do you? And Peter's like, "Uh, Aunt May. And the man says, I'm Colossus of the X-Men. And at this point, I realized Peter's probably never seen Colossus in his metal form because he can change between organic steel and like human has skin. He
1: seen him in, has he seen normal Colossus? He has, but okay. probably just
0: in passing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Colossus breaks Peter's handcuffs, so he's free, and they both say they don't know where they're, where they are, and Peter starts talking about needing to find Kitty, and this is just a fun reminder, seeing the two of them interact, to me, is just a fun reminder that, for the longest time in the main universe, uh, Colossus and Kitty were dating, at one point they were, like, supposed to get married, yes, and his name is Pyotr Rasputin, the Russian version of Peter. And they don't comment on it. They don't say, hey, we have pretty much the same name. But also Kitty has dated Pete Wisdom and Peter Quill. So she has a type. <laughs> she does.
1: She's got a thing for Peters.
0: Yes. Guys named Peter and powerful women. Those are that's Kitty Pride's two types. Powerful um, women. Yeah, she's bi. Oh, Pride. Kitty Pride. Yep.
1: Wow. I don't think it
0: was intended when they when they created her, but it works. It works. Um and so Peter and Colossus are talking and uh Peter says he remembers Kitty attacking him and he deduces that she must have been being mind controlled. And he thinks maybe Xavier went crazy and was controlling her. And Colossus is like, yeah, that's weird. Storm attacked me. And he realizes that they must be dealing with shapeshifters. And Peter says, or women have finally decided to take over the world. I knew it was coming, but no one listens to me. And they see one of Cyclops's optic blasts come through the jungle. And they're like, oh, Cyclops is over there. And they take off running towards him. And he's still handcuffed behind his back. And is being descended upon by like four Reavers. And they help him defeat the Reavers. And Cyclops says they have to find Jean because she can link everyone up telepathically. And Peter starts yelling Kitty's name. And Cyclops tells him to shut up and says they shouldn't be giving away their position when they're being hunted. And Peter's like, how do you know we're being hunted? And Cyclops asks, you don't feel hunted? And Peter says, I do, actually. And Cyclops is like, okay, we'll go with that feeling. And another Reaver comes through the woods and says, am I on? Before introducing himself to the heroes and attacking them. And he says, I want everyone to see me kill you. And Peter asks, everyone who? On what? So just like, you know, Wolverine attacking with a knife, this is kind of a a subtle hint at what's actually happening here. (laughs)
1: These guys are all um, just like the what was the the ringer from last week. These guys are all like um, villains who just like shout their name and what they are. This guy, this guy's like, I'm the bone breaker and I'm here to break some bones. <laughs> yes. like they've all got their little intro phrase.
0: Yes, and it it would be really goofy. I mean, it is kind of goofy, but it there it turns out to be a reason why this guy's doing it. The Anthony Davis from Medina County, Ohio, uh, was just a goofball. These guys are doing it because they are on TV and they want recognition. Yeah. Um. And so, bone pressure. Okay, you, know,
1: you know what I was thinking when they said they were on TV yeah what's up i wonder if peter and colossus were on tv when he was like don't you know who i am and he's like aunt may you know that was that was my first thought was like oh man i wonder if anybody saw that part maybe aunt may is watching
0: (laughs) that's a good point on her date she's just watching mutant Mutant island yeah (laughs) um so he's this guy starts attacking them, and uh just then storm arrives and shocks the Reaver dead with lightning, and she lifts the others up with like a cyclone because she can control the wind to show them where they are. And Cyclops recognizes the place as Krakoa, which obviously to to listeners, that has a different context today, but back then. Krakoa was just the island from giant size number one in 1975. So they're going to reference a lot of things, John, that are like deep X Men lore. And they're just combining them all into this one story. Okay. And uh, some helicopters, some attack helicopters, head their way, and Storm drops the wind tunnel again, and the heroes fall below the tree line. And one of the stupid helicopters tries to follow them into the forest, and its propeller blades hit the tree and explodes. And they start... (laughs) That is a really stupid helicopter. Yeah. I've never flown a helicopter, but if I did, I would know not to do that. Uh, And they start to see a figure walking out through the flames, and all of the X-Men say, Ready. 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 And Peter says, Meh. They're, like, about to attack this thing as soon as it clears, and it turns out to be Kitty, and she comes through the fire and asks if everyone else is all right. And she and Peter hug and catch up, and it's real cute, and he says, wait a minute, how do I know you're not the shapeshifter? And she whispers something in Peter's ear that presumably only the two of them would know, and he says, okay, it's her.
1: Okay, I'm sure just like me, you zoomed in as much as you possibly could
0: to try and read this. Did you oh, get yeah.
1: anything from it?
0: Yeah, I was eavesdropping. I don't think it actually says anything.
1: Yeah. Okay. It looks I, like the very last part of the word might be stop, but I don't know.
0: I think it's for them to know and us to wonder. Well, I, then they did a good job. But I'd really hope I'd, I'd really like to think it's some um, cute inside joke that they've developed and not just like your name is peter parker or something like that oh okay i just think it'd be a good touch if it's like you know they're already have a a nice Mm -hmm. bond Mm -hmm. um and then peter asks how they know no one else in the group is the shapeshifter and cyclops has already figured out that the shapeshifters can't imitate mutant abilities And he's like, we've all used our powers already. And just the Nightcrawler teleports into the scene. He says it was easy to find them because of the exploding helicopter. And he says, I think we're the star of the show again. And Cyclops says, I think so too. And Colossus says, oh no. And Peter's in the dark. He's like, what show? And before anyone can answer him, Angel flies in carrying an unconscious gene. And I I saw this later after the fact, but Rogue is with them too. And he says he found Jean hanging by a tree and they try to wake her up by saying her name. But Storm says, sometimes it works to fill her mind. Her psychic powers make it hard for her to sleep. And I really like that bit because it's like, Scott, Cyclops is dating her, but Storm and Jean have always been like best friends. And she's the one who figures out how to wake up Jean. Um, there's a lot of good characterization in in these panels with the x-men and uh so saying gene's name wasn't working and cyclops just thinks really loud gene and she wakes up and he tells her we're back on krakoa island which this grinded my gears i'm like it's not called krakoa island it's just krakoa you just know it's an island (laughs) But they're talking to Spider-Man readers, not X-Men readers, so they call it Krakoa Island. And Peter says, what's Krakoa Island? And Kitty tells them, it's a prison for mutants. The nation of Genosha, which is another X-Men thing, imprisons its mutants and sends them here and hunts and kills them for sport. They broadcast it on TV. And Peter says, that's inhumane. And a voice off panel says, that's one way to look at it. The other way is that you're sick, unholy, genetic freaks who have no business being alive in the first place. And the voice belongs to Deadpool, who we see leading a dozen or more Reavers, charging to attack Spider-Man and the X-Men.
1: Well, I was hoping that Deadpool would be being, like, mind-controlled or something. (laughs) Sounds like
0: he's just a prick. He just sucks. So bad. What'd you think of this one, John? Um... It wasn't my favorite.
1: Um, I said, I really don't like Deadpool being this racist bad guy. And then it seemed like most of the issue was just like X-Men showing up one by one, each being like, where are we? Okay. And then another one shows up and they're like, what the heck's happening here? And then, you know, eventually they're, they're all together. So... I said the last couple pages seemed interesting because we learn about and I did write Krakoa Island, <laughs> um, and that and that seemed interesting, you know, but they just said they like stuck their noses in it. We don't really know what happened or anything, so I'm sure we'll learn more about that in the next couple issues. Um, and then I and then I finished my my notes here by saying why is Deadpool the bad guy?
0: So, all in all,
1: not my favorite. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I I agree. I'm glad you mentioned that most of the issue is just he finds an X-Men. They walk a little bit or they talk about what's going on. They walk a little bit. They find another X-Men. They talk about what's going on. They walk a little bit. They find another X-Men. It's like in real life, it would make sense to rehash what you know every time you meet a new member of your group. But, like, in a comic, we don't want to hear the same conversation over and over again, and that's exactly what's happening. And then it's like, you kind of sprinkle in, oh, they kill some Reavers, and that's the whole issue. And you've got Deadpool being racist. I do like, I liked the characterization of Cyclops, who I feel like gets overlooked sometimes. Like, he should be this brilliant strategic mind. That's, like, why he's. You know, picks to be the leader of the X Men, and he he does have a pretty good showing. He's the one who like figures things out pretty quickly and is like giving people orders and you know being pretty smart. I like um, Storm uh, knowing Jean Grey better than anyone else and being like it's hard for her to sleep because she can still hear your voices, your your mind when she's unconscious, and I'm like that's a that's a good little yeah tidbit of their friendship it's like a show don't tell um i didn't like how peter is in this like dire situation and he doesn't know where his girlfriend is or if she's okay and he's just making jokes the entire issue like everything he says is a quip
1: hmm yeah i guess that i guess that's true he's 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 in, like, nor- normal fight mode. He's not, like, super concerned about what's going on. But, right. But he wouldn't be, you know. He's in this situation all the time. He's with the other X-Men. They don't seem particularly concerned that Kitty's not there, you know. It's not like when he... Because he, he is immediately like, we have to go find Kitty. And they're like, chill, you know.
0: Just, well, just stop freaking out. You know. I feel like he doesn't do well when he's, like, literally out of his element. Like, if you take him out of New York, he kind of freaks out. We saw that when he was, like, in Brazil, and he was like, oh, my God, how am I possibly going to get back in time before you know. Aunt May does? And it's like, he keeps making jokes. He's like, I really hope we're in Central Park. I really hope we're in Long Island. And they're like, no, dude, we're in the South Pacific. You
1: didn't. You see, you didn't think that was funny? Weren't, weren't there a couple scenes in this one where, he, yeah, he does say, like, maybe we're in central park and then colossus is like we aren't and peter's like i know and then i think that happens like a couple times where i don't know colossus like takes his joke seriously and peter's like i know i know we aren't
0: (laughs) i thought that was a good bit i don't know i like the idea that like my spider-man is he is such a jokester and a goofball when he's fighting like the ringer or the shocker or the enforcers but like this feels like a different situation to me i would want him to be like okay how do we solve this problem instead of just making everything a joke it feels forced yeah
1: Yeah. okay so do we have a rating scale mine was out of 10
0: confused x-men okay we can uh we i was i was thinking it was like a fetch quest i was gonna say like out of 10 people you meet one by one okay yeah same thing out Um, of 10 confused x-men you meet one by one perfect i'm gonna give it like a six
1: i gave it a six and a half so slightly more generous but i was thinking about
0: still on the lower tier of issues that we've read I was thinking about giving it a 7, because like I said, there's a lot of little X-Men Easter eggs and characterization in here. You can tell Bendis is like an X-Men fan, who at this point, I, I just looked at the date, has not written much X-Men. I was going to see if he had written any. I think he's probably written, like, events for Marvel, because in 2005 he did the decimation. But... um I can't believe that they are just, like, making Deadpool this character. Like, it
1: just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I I, I just don't get, like, I'm looking at the last page on the panel here, or the last page of the issue, and it's like, why is this the care? why is this how they chose to, like, do Deadpool? Isn't Deadpool, like, always, like, a fun, fourth-wall-breaking guy? Why did they just choose to do him this way for this run, I you know?
0: He wasn't when he was very first introduced in X-Force. Like, when he was created, he was more like this, kind of. Definitely not racist, but, like, just a bad mercenary guy. Um, but also, you gotta understand, I don't think anyone today can realize how obscure Deadpool was before, like, the 2010s. I mean, he was not seen as, like, well. He IP had, that you really yeah. had to
1: focus on but he had to be he had to at least be somewhat like that like that type of character he is now because that's why ryan reynolds like it was like his favorite character right like i have a hard time believing if this was the type of deadpool ryan reynolds saw most of the time he wouldn't be like the biggest deadpool fan ever and want to make a movie that like is like you know exactly how he wants to make it for
0: deadpool you know yeah definitely i'm not saying in 2006 the main universe deadpool was still being written like just as a bad guy that went away very quickly i'm just saying it seems like bendis is writing deadpool more true to like his original okay appearance um it's still not a good idea like if you're going to do Deadpool, do the version of Deadpool that people like. Don't make a worse <laughs> yeah. version.
1: Yeah. Um, um, well, that's too bad. I was hoping uh I was hoping we'd get some sort of a a turn of him in these next couple issues. Sounds like it's probably not
0: coming. We all were hoping for that. This was honestly one of the biggest like bag fumblings for the Ultimate Universe. They make a lot of goofy decisions. Like, it started off really strong, is kind of what most people think, and Ultimate Spider-Man stays good pretty much the whole time, but, like, the larger Ultimate universe just does a lot of bewildering things, Mm -hmm. and making Deadpool unusable is definitely one of them. Yeah. Okay. So, next week, we get the finishing issues to
1: this run. We do. It's still a fun run. We still get Peter and the X-Men together. You know, I'm, I I have high hopes for these next couple issues still.
0: Your issue was crazy fun. It's like yeah. actually, it was yeah. like Whiplash going from yours to mine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, next week, uh, issues 93 and 94. Nice. Okay, anything else Spider-Man related? I mean, sort of. I went to the comic shop yesterday to see if they had ultimate spider-man and they still didn't so maybe i'll check like,
1: out there's a comic shop near the school that i'll stop in on next week
0: Ooh, they're not gonna have it but i'll check they might because they, i don't know when the reprints are happening i thought they would have already happened okay i'll go in and check next week cool all right so um okay what is this
1: what is this big tease that we've all been waiting on i don't i don't have i don't have anything extra for us by the way zach so this is gonna have to fill
0: fill up all of our little bellies (laughs) (laughs) oh my god okay so i have been listening to a podcast about the afghanistan war it's the the same the blowback podcast i told you about the iraq war okay They've done, like, multiple seasons. Oh my gosh, it's going to be politics, isn't it? <laughs> uh, no, it's bigger than that. Okay, okay. So I found out an interesting little tidbit that um, people are like, has Osama bin Laden, did he ever even come to America? Like, did he just hate us for no reason? There's been one confirmed trip to America that we know he took in 1979. He went to two major cities do you want to guess which cities those were
1: indianapolis
0: yeah you're the first person i've said this to that got that but well yeah.
1: of, well of course i i i guess that thinking maybe there was a you know there's a reason crazy. for this yeah um wow okay indianapolis and i'm gonna guess the Nashville. other one's,
0: no the other one's not uh. as wild of a guess it's la Okay. He, so he went to Indianapolis with his wife. We know about this from his wife, his first wife, who, like, published a book or something about, like, living with him. And, and you'll uh, notice he never bombed us. Have never bombed Indianapolis? Must, uh, must have liked what he saw over oh, here. <laughs> hold on. We'll get there. So, uh, So he went on this trip with her, and she was like, yeah, we didn't have an opinion of Americans one way or another at that point. Um, We went to Indianapolis. I saw a doctor who was really nice and helped me out. Uh, We went to a really big mall. And then when we were in the airport ready to leave, um, these people were laughing at us and taking pictures of us because they weren't used to guys how we were dressed. And uh, I'm like, hold on. I know a guy who would have been in central indiana in 1979 who might not have been the most tolerant who might have been flying out of the indianapolis airport and i instantly i texted my dad and i was like is there any chance in the world your family would have uh been on a plane in 1979 flying out of the airport and he's like well yeah that's the year we went to disney there's pictures of me and my brothers on a plane so not only were they at the airport but they had a plane – they had a camera that was not in a checked bag that they just had out on the plane and presumably at the airport. And I'm just like, oh, my god. What if my dad – what if my dad radicalized Osama bin Laden? That's that's pretty
1: – Someone's dad had to do it. That would be pretty unlikely.
0: Someone, but here's what, the thing. Someone what would in be Indiana, crazy
1: is if you could find those pictures – and you found and you found some old timey pictures of Osama bin Laden and his wife, and maybe like, maybe like that shot where there's the it's the picture and you can like see a, a middle finger in,
0: in the foreground of the picture just pointing at Osama bin Laden. So here's the thing: it might not have necessarily been my dad. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. Zach, someone's dad or grandpa or uncle, someone. He, in, probably still in Indiana in around Indianapolis is related to whoever did that okay well you know you
1: shouldn't make fun of people from other races let's get that right out of the way yeah but Osama bin Laden is soft if that's what if that's what radicalized him if someone was making fun of the way he dressed and he's like that's a I am making it my life's work to destroy this country. You're soft, man. That's absurd. Sometimes people get bullied. If he was from America,
0: he would have thicker skin than that, I think. <laughs> he probably... I mean, he was, like, the son of a billionaire. Like, he, he probably he did pretty, have a pretty charmed life growing yep, up. He probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I... So I started this thought experiment and i just couldn't stop it and it took me down this rabbit hole where uh stay with me so yep my dad just theoretically my dad in 1979 radicalizes osama bin laden against america he returns and becomes this mujahideen fighter and starts his whole career um in militancy islamic militancy. so did anything happen in la like he just, he just met, met like, went- some guy. The wife yeah. didn't go with him to LA. She said that was his business. It wasn't her place to ask him about it. He kept her in Indianapolis with some friends, so she was there longer than he was. Hmm. But, uh, um, so my dad radicalizes Osama bin Laden in 1979. Yep. This leads to him attacking multiple U.S. sites in the 90s, and then it culminates in the destruction of the world trade center in 2001 on the jersey shore on that day a young man named gerard way is watching the destruction and decides i have to do something different with my life and is inspired to start a band called my chemical romance then in 2022 43 years after my dad started this whole series of events yeah the sins of the father come back and karma gets me when I violently dislocate my knee in a My Chemical Romance mosh pit that wouldn't have existed were it not for 9 that wouldn't have happened were it not for Osama Bin Laden, who wow. wouldn't have been radicalized were it not for some jackass in the Indianapolis airport. Wow. Wow.
1: So is that how My Chemical Romance got started? That's the craziest thing out of all of that. It is, yeah. Well, that's pretty wild. And, um... I think I think it would be really fun for you to try to look through
0: your dad's old pictures. I almost don't want to know. I mean and see.
1: statistically of course, there's no of way course, it was him. of course of course not. Of course not. And right. and yeah. And it's Zach, just, your dad won it. Your dad certainly wouldn't just pick on some random man and his wife in
0: the airport. I'd like to think not, but he would he was like fifteen or something. And if it wasn't him, it could have been one of his brothers. Okay, so not only was
1: Osama bin Laden radicalized by just a mere person saying insults (laughs) to him, but now we're saying he was radicalized by a teenager who was just like being mean to him. Has he never met a teenager before in his life? Apparently not. I'm letting your dad off the hook for this. (laughs) <laughs> I'm thinking if something that simple radicalized Osama bin Laden, he was waiting to happen. You know, it was, it was gonna
0: happen. That's fair,
1: <laughs> but, okay. it, but it is now, fun I'll, to think about. So but if absolved, yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't have to worry about that. I don't think, um,
0: but we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, and if you're listening to this and you're from Indiana and you're, you feel the urge to judge me or judge my family. It could have just as easily been your family. We don't know. If you feel the urge
1: to judge Zach and his family, it judgment has already been rendered. He dislocated his arm at the show. Remember? Me. Okay, his knee. Yeah, So you've paid the yeah, you've paid the price at this point.
0: You're even. And it's still not right either. Two years later I, I step on the machine at the gym that like measures your your you know muscle mass in each limb and the the guy that works at the gym is still like yeah man i don't know you've just got like a, a disconnect here you know you've got like an extra one and a half pounds of muscle on this leg there's something almost
1: divine that's keeping this knee from gaining muscle it's like it won't allow it to to gain muscle i've never seen anything like it before there's just some cosmic force that yeah. won't allow you to heal. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good one. That was teased early on in the episode. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Right. Whatever
0: you thought I was about to say. Yeah. That wasn't it. Nope. Um, I'm sorry. I don't have anything else. That's that's quite all right. Um. Should we send it out? Let's send
1: it out. As uh, you know, we we'll, we will let baby Billy say hi here. He's been hanging out with us the the past couple the past couple of minutes. Hi, baby very Billy. Cute. You're very hi, cute. Baby Billy, you're very cute. Except, I don't know if any of your cats do this, Zach, but he is constantly licking my hands, and it is so annoying.
0: My cats are constantly licking themselves, and it's so annoying. We put the calming collars on all three of them now, and. So we have three cats. I think they're licking whatever substance they put on the collars. I think it they like oh. it. And they're like licking oh. it off of it. But we'll have three cats in the same room as us. Just
1: oh. all.
0: <laughs> and it's the worst when you're
1: trying to sleep. Oh, my gosh. That that is hilarious because I you know, don't I hear my cats. My cats, I can see grooming themselves, of course, but.
0: They don't sound like they're licking an ice cream cone. Oh, They're going ham on these colors. They think it's like the candy necklace.
1: Oh, that's funny. That's really funny.
0: Okay. Let's send it out from Zach, myself and baby
1: Billy. Thank you to Ian Hickey for our music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And thank you all for listening and leaving us a review or a comment you can find us the first read ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple music or anywhere else that you all can find podcasts. And you can come and chat with us and leave us a comment on Instagram at first read podcast. Send us an email at first at gmail.com or find us on YouTube. First read ultimate Spider-Man podcast. See you next week. See ya.